When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of Talking Real Money. That's our Q&A day. What? What? Oh, I'm sorry. Something. It's Wednesday? Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Wednesday. See, I lose track of time here in my studio. I'm locked in here all the time. <laughs> no, it's actually, I knew it was Wednesday. Uh, it's Wednesday. Uh, we're doing the Q&A day today because Tom and I are doing the Wednesday-Thursday podcast on Thursday or Friday or something like that. So we had to move everything around. And so that's why we're doing Q&A day today. And I've got a ton of them again that came in to 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, or were sent in at TalkingRealMoney.com. And because I have some automobile arbitrage to do later today, we are going to get to our first question that in fact came in via the phone. Uh, Tom and Don, this is Bill. I received an email from my uh, company's 401k saying that as a highly compensated individual making over 130k, uh, they can't or they're going to send me part of what I've saved for uh, 2021, which I saved the max 26500. Uh, that they're going to send it back to me. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? And uh, when I get that check here in March, uh, will I be able to roll it over into an IRA so I don't have to pay taxes on it? I thought the incentive was to save. What in the world is going on? Thanks. Oh, Bill, 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 I have bad news for you. Here's what I think happened. I'm not 100% sure but i'm about 99 percent sure is that you fell victim to the discrimination test you probably didn't even know about the discrimination test did you well here's the deal in an effort to make things fair the government has a rule that says If you have a plan in which highly compensated people, ah, that's you, put in a lot more money than the lower compensated people do, that they have to calculate this every year. Its calculation is done by every plan everywhere. And if you are in one of those plans where the highly compensated people employees are putting in a lot more as a percentage base than the lower compensated employees, then your contribution by law is reduced and they have to refund your money to you. And it is not eligible to be rolled into an IRA. It, uh, it loses its tax shelter. So it's income, it's taxable income to you again. So I am sorry to say, you're going to get a refund 
And I know this is one of those times where I'm going to get money back. Oh, yeah. No, not yay. Boo, it's bad. I don't like it. So I'm sorry. Your your company didn't have enough money going in from the lower compensated employees is what I think happened. Thank you for your call. I really appreciate it. Again, the number is 855-935-8255. And on this Wednesday Q&A session, we're going to take yet another call. Tom, Tom, hi. Yeah, I hold stocks, HQY from options at my former company, Health Equity. I have 2,200 shares. By the end of this month, they'll be seasoned for over a year and a day, so they'll qualify as long-term gains. I have two questions. I know that I should sell these individual stocks, but the share price has in the past been much higher than it is right now. How long should I hold these waiting to sell at a better price? I don't need the money right now. I don't need it really all this year but I'm sure I can find a better use for it. And I could benefit from selling even at, you know, 55 or high 50s per share and put the money into an ETF or something. So basically, what signals am I looking for to sell or should I wait until the price goes up to a certain point? I'd like to sell it at around $70 a share, but maybe that's unreasonable to expect. My second question, From my limited research, it appears that I would only be taxed on long-term capital gains if my income is over $83,000 this year. Am I interpreting that correctly? And if so, is that income or adjusted gross income? Thank you so much for answering my question. Please, please, please do not try to time the market. That's exactly what you're doing. You're looking back and you're going, well, if I'd sold it last year, I would have done a lot better. That's the woulda, coulda, shoulda syndrome. And yeah, you also you also could have sold it uh, earlier this year and received ten dollars a share less. So don't try to time this. It's better to diversify than it is to own a single stock. It's better to have made money than to get greedy. That's why there's the uh, the old adage about the bird in the hand. You got that bird. You got it right in your hand. And if you make less than 83 or if your taxable income for 2021 was less than $83,000, 83350 something like that, uh, then you're not going to pay any taxes. So bonus. Um, I, no. That's your not that is your taxable income, not your adjusted gross, but your taxable income uh, from what I understand. And again, not an accountant, but that's my understanding. So uh, I wow, I would take the bird that's in the hand and get it massively diversified into thousands of other birds so that if one of the birds dies, you're still okay. because if this bird dies that you've got in your hands right now, which could happen, I know you don't think so because it's your company, but it always could. Then you go from $50 to maybe $0 in the twinkling of an eye before you can even catch it. So don't try to play games with it. Don't try to set a price. Don't try uh, to, to play with it. I mean, the only other thing, if and this can go either way, is you know you sell it slowly. But again, I would only do that for tax planning purposes. And it sounds to me like you don't need to worry about that. Thank you for your call. Again, that was from 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, as is our next question. Hi, Tom and Don. This is Dave from Salem, Oregon. I have a IRA that's got about seven figures in it, 
And I also have a regular annuity that I've had for years, so there uh, is no fees or anything. It pays 4% a year and has for years. So my question is, can I transfer some of this IRA money into my annuity? The reason I would want to do that is that I'm going to be leaving the majority of this IRA to uh, beneficiaries, and with, under the new rules, they have to take out all of the proceeds in 10 years, which means their income is going to be, their tax bite is going to be pretty substantial. So if I take it out of the IRA and transfer it into my regular annuity, then I can pass that along to them without the requirement that they take out the money within 10 years. I think it's called a 1035 transfer, not to be confused with 1031 real estate transfer, but a 1035. So my question is, can I do that? And if I do it, is there tax consequences? In other words, can I transfer from the IRA directly into my retirement annuity without taxes? Hey, I love your guys' show. Um, and um, and hopefully you can answer that question. Well, Dave, we are getting into some tricky territory here because one, I'm gonna, I need to know a lot more about that annuity. There are so many flavors of annuities. It sounds to me like it's a fixed income annuity, but I don't know that. Are you taking income from the annuity? Then it's a, it's an immediate annuity, and it's paying out. Uh, which would increase your income, which is at 4%. 4% sounds to me like an immediate annuity. Like that's the money you're getting. You're getting checks. Well, that kind of an annuity, you put more money in it, it does not transfer to your heirs. It just stops when you when you die. The money belongs to the insurance company. So this is where we're really in some incredibly delicate territory. Uh, one, you cannot move an IRA directly into an annuity and avoid paying taxes. That cannot be done. You can move an IRA into a, a new, an annuity in an IRA, but that still there's no way to get out of paying the taxes. The government does not give you that opportunity. They want their tax money. So uh, you really need to talk with a, uh, a an attorney. You need to talk with someone who does elder law, estate planning, you desperately need that at this point. You've got enough money, but you need to make sure it's properly cared for. So thank you so much for the call. I really appreciate it. And let's take one more from the phones. Yeah. Hi, Don and Tom. Uh, love your show, first off. Um, this is a question. Um, a, my wife has a financial advisor. Um, she works for the school district. Um, he has her invested in a 403B, and the ticker is FTCOX, which is Franklin Templeton. Um this is for retirement. Um, he also has her in a Roth IRA, and that's in FMTIX. I'm just wondering what you thought about those two funds, and um, any advice would be would be great. Thank you. What do I think? I don't think much. <laughs> I don't think much of either one of them. Uh, the first one, the Franklin core folio allocation a fund is basically just a large cap 
stock fund. It's a fund of funds. It's got Franklin growth, Templeton growth, you know, a few other funds, but it's big, it's big blue chip stocks primarily. Uh, has a, a very high expense ratio, very high, ridiculously high at 1.06%. And it also has a 5.5% commission, which I hope your wife isn't paying. If it's the same advisor, I am guessing, based on the other fund she has, which you said was in her Roth, and that kind of surprises me because this is an institutional share but it may be. Uh, it's the J.P. Morgan Smart Retirement 2040 target date fund. It's a fund of funds, like most target dates. The other one's a fund of funds. And again, its expense ratio is on the high side. Uh, I don't show a commission on this one, uh, which means you may be paying a fee, too, to the advisor. And I would check into that. I would ask what that fee is. My guess is it's a couple of percentage points, but... The uh, fund is uh, 0.55% a year. And when you compare that with one of the least expensive target retirement funds, the Vanguard Target Retirement 2040, you can just see you can see just how high that fee is. The difference is 0.55 at JP Morgan to 0.08 at Vanguard. That's a difference of just under half a percent a year. That's a lot of money, 50 basis points. Uh, I would, if I was your wife, I would, one, fire the bro. Well, no, start first by checking with her employer and getting a list of all of the available investments. Because people who don't get commissions tend not to come to your to her organization to try to get her to invest. They don't They don't come in and pressure you because there's no money in it so vanguard could be there fidelity could be there schwab could be there uh, who knows there could be all kinds of great things there that she's not aware of because she has to make the effort on her own but by making the effort on her own she saves a ton of money and uh, i would do that in both cases one she's not well diversified at all in her 403b and the other while it's reasonably well diversified it's just too expensive for what they do so thank you for your call. I appreciate it very much. And now for the uh, for the rest of the episode, we're going to take questions that were sent in. They were recorded at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. So you go to TalkingRealMoney.com slash contact. And then if you have a mic on your computer, most of them have pretty decent mics or you can buy one. You can record your questions there and they sound pretty good like this. Hi, Don and Tom. This is Jeff in South Carolina. Thank you so much for your podcast. I'm so glad I found it. Between what I've learned from the two of you on the podcast and the portfolio review by Andrew of Vestry, I am now confident that my wife and I can manage our investments ourselves and stop paying commissions to our broker dealer. I do have a backdoor Roth IRA question. I have some cash that I would like to invest, and I want to put as much as possible into my Roth IRA. I'm not a market timer, but it looks like things are on sale, so now is as good a time as any to buy. I made no IRA contributions in 2021, so here's what I was thinking. I can make a non-deductible $6,000 contribution to my traditional IRA for 2021, since it's March, and then make a $7,000 non-deductible contribution to my traditional IRA for 2022, because I turned 50 this year. Then I can convert the $13,000 to my Roth IRA, and my wife can do the same, but with an extra $1,000 since she turned 50 in 2021. Can we do this, or have we missed the boat on contributions for 2021? An IRA is an IRA. So the deadline for 
funding a 2021 IRA, whether it be regular or non-deductible, is when you file your return, April 15th. That's the latest. So, yeah, you have a really sound strategy. And again, it's the, the we get the bird in the hand or we're going to wait for the bird in the bush. You got the bird in the hand. You got the money available. The market is down some. Great. That's just an added bonus. We're not trying to time it. Put your 13000 for you and 14000 for her into an IRA and then backdoor those right into your Roth. It's a sound strategy, and I don't see a single reason why you can't do it. So good luck. And let me just add one more little thing. Um, this is a great example of what our firm, Vestry by Appella, does for people. You notice he said, I had Andrew look over my portfolio, and I now have the confidence to manage my own money. Do you notice what he didn't say in there? He didn't say, oh, and Vestry by Appella tried to convince me to have you manage the money for me. No, we gave him the confidence to manage his own money. That's what we try to do. Now, we know that a lot of you are going to need help, so that's great. If you want to hire us, we'd love to work with you. We just want to make sure you work with a 100% fee-only fiduciary advisor. 100% fiduciary. Uh, but we help everybody. We really, truly do. That is our goal. We do not want you falling prey to some of the bad, bad people in this business. Bad people who don't even know they're bad people. They think they're good people. And yet they're charging you, you know, half a percent for mutual funds, five and a half percent loads, one percent per year for mutual funds, two and three percent per year for fee-based management. You don't want to, we don't want you to fall into that. That's why we offer this service for free. Set up an appointment with one of our advisors. We will meet with you. We will charge you nothing. There will be no high pressure sales pitch. And it's, it's pretty easy. It's really easy. Just go to vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Scroll way down to the bottom of the page and set up an appointment or call the toll free number there. Now we're going to take another one of those calls that came in from talking real money on the contact form. Good day. I wanted to thank both of you for all your advice. I listen to you regularly. But on your March 7th podcast, I heard you talk about a diversified portfolio of stocks. And if you held it for the 10 years uh, since the drop to today, it would be worth 270 But the balance fund performed better, which is a 60-40. So I'm wondering, shouldn't that be what we're in for less uh, volatility. Could you address that issue? Thank you. Well, thank you for listening and listening carefully. Yeah, that was an uh, that was an unusual time. That was a unique time because the market was so bad, um, and bonds held up really well because interest rates were falling and actually bond prices were escalating. So a 60-40 portfolio held a lot of bonds and it got a an added kicker from rates falling. So that was a unique period. But you're right. If you want less volatility, you want to own a portfolio with more bonds in it. But don't expect that the balanced portfolio will, over longer periods of time, outperform a 100% stock portfolio because that's not what the longer-term history shows us. The stock portfolios have consistently, over decades, walloped. Uh, the uh, the the portfolios that have more balance to them. 
balance is to keep the volatility down, but we also expect it in most circumstances to reduce the return. Risk and return go hand in hand. There's no trick that's going to make you in the future more money with less risk. It just doesn't happen. So that's why we tell people invest for your risk tolerance, not for your expectations of growth, but for your risk tolerance so that you don't panic, so that you remain invested during the scarier times. Because that 60-40 portfolio in 2007-2008 didn't decline anywhere near as much as the 100% stock portfolio. It was about 25% to 50% roughly. So, uh, yeah, but don't expect the same result. Own balance, but don't expect it to win in the future. And let's do one more before we call this one a podcast. And uh, this one, again, came in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Hi, Don. Hi, Tom. This is Joel from Long Island. I love your show, which uh, seems to be the perfect combination of good, sound financial advice with some good-natured humor thrown in. Uh, my wife and I are retired in our late 60s. We have a well-diversified portfolio with an approximate allocation as of what as of March 10th of 56% equities and 44% bonds with year-to-date portfolio performance of minus 8.2%, which I personally don't think is terrible, taking into account the pandemic, inflation, and the Russian-Ukraine war. My concern is with bond interest rates about to go up substantially over the coming months, should we be making any adjustments to our bond holdings since these funds, by definition, will go down in value as a result of the Fed raising these bond interest rates. Since our time horizon is hopefully 20 to 30 more years, my inclination is to stay the course. However, when I recently posed this question to another well-regarded talk show financial host and uh, RIA, who himself recently retired, his response was that he and his wife are no longer in bonds. Furthermore, he actually is also somewhat bullish on cryptocurrency and the blockchain for at least a small percentage of one's portfolio, which I am frankly quite leery of. In closing, do we stay where we are or move some or all of our bond holdings somewhere else? And if so, where? Thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. <laughs> oh, I know exactly about whom you're speaking. <laughs> and I'll get to him in a minute. Uh, bonds. This is this is a, a subject that makes people a little bit crazy because you hate to sit there and look forward going, well, I am going to lose money. Why in the heck would I stay in these investments? Well, you know, with stocks, I guarantee at times you're going to lose money. But you have to stay with the investments. And that message is very similar for bonds. One, you don't know that the Fed raising the overnight rates between banks is going to cause bond prices to fall or rates to go up. You don't know that. It is not a cause and effect scenario. As a matter of fact, the expectation of those interest rate increases has existed now for six months plus. You think the bond market just trades in a vacuum? Oh, oh, bond, bonds aren't going to go down until the Fed raises rates. No, it's already known they're likely to raise rates, but we don't know how many times, nor do we know how bad it will be. The bond market is like the stock market. It's a market between buyers and sellers. And 
those prices are determined by those buyers and sellers. If you have the right bond portfolio, and that is because bonds don't exist to pay you money. Bonds exist in your portfolio to provide stability, something that crypto doesn't do. Rice. I'll get to him in a minute. Um, <laughs> if you've got short to intermediate term, high quality corporates and or government bonds, then while your bond values are falling, old bonds are maturing out of the portfolio in an index portfolio. They're maturing out and they must immediately be replaced by the longer securities down the road, which increases your income stream to offset some of that loss. Now, you will never own any security anywhere, anytime that has no risk of loss and any kind of return. Any return literally over zero is unlikely. So don't try to chase. Don't try to anticipate. Don't even think about it. Build the right portfolio for what you need to have in the future and for how much bouncing around you can stand. And crypto talk about volatile the stock market doesn't hold a candle to cryptocurrencies in terms of volatility cryptocurrency is factors more scary and ridiculous and one of two things has happened to this very rich man who sold his company to a very big firm he has either lost his mind well it could be one of three things no, one of two. <laughs> he's either completely lost his mind or he's incredibly greedy and he's not happy with what he has. And so he's going to take a bunch of people down with him in the cryptocurrency thing. As a matter of fact, he's probably not going to take them down with him. He's going to pump that crypto like crazy because somebody's paying him to do it would be my guess. And uh, he's going to be out of the pool long before most of his acolytes leave when all the water is splashed out. So uh, I, I, I just think he's a little nuts right now to not own bonds in your portfolio. What is your, what is your low volatility security then rice? Really? What is it? How can you even advise this with a clear conscience? I do not get it. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him, but something is seriously wrong. Because he's not out to he's not out to do right by you. That's my opinion. I'm pretty confident in it. Thank you so much for being a part of this special Wednesday Friday edition of Talking Real Money Q and A. I uh, love doing these, and Tom and I will be back together for another podcast tomorrow. And let's see if there's anything else I need to tell you. Oh yeah, retire meets coming up. So no matter where you are in the world, in the world. I mean, it might not be convenient for you if you're on the other side of the world, but no matter where you are in the world, you can attend Retire Meet virtually. Now, it's going to be a live event in Bellevue, Washington, with real-life, actual human beings in the room together. We hope COVID, shh, stay, COVID, stay. Um, but you can join us virtually. We've got some big tech shots coming in to make it better, we hope, this time. And uh, it's free. Just go sign up, though. You need to sign up to get in. Go to retiremeet.com and spell it either way. Retiremeet.com. Thanks for being there. Please tell a friend or a thousand. 
Share us on your social media. If you love what you hear, leave a podcast review at Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify. Uh, and certainly, certainly follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast service. I think I've said it all. I think I'm going now out to uh, do a little car arbitrage. I'll tell you more about that coming up in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm just going to hang out later. I'll probably be reading about and then I'll be talking about real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?